1: Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. I think we can all agree the current political moment is fraught. But how does it compare to the other fraught political moments in history? It felt for a time in part of that decade like everything was falling apart. Young people against old people, anti-war violence, peace movement. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and this week,
0: presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin, joins me on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet. We talk about difficult times in America's history and how its people overcame them. The episode is out now. Search and follow Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts.
2: When you're a business owner, it can sometimes feel like the odds are stacked against you. But QuickBooks knows you never back down. That's why they're always in your corner, making it easier for you to manage your business so you have time to take care of details that matter most. No matter what your version of success is, QuickBooks can give you the smarter business tools to get you there. QuickBooks backing you. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Welcome to Pivot 2019. This week, Scott Galloway is out, and my friend John Lovett from Crooked Media is here. Hello, John. Hello, Kara. You're stepping into the co-host chair. John hosts a number of his own fantastic podcasts, including Pod Save America and... Love It or Leave It. Exactly. And we're here at their headquarters in Los Angeles, um, at the Crooked Media headquarters. And I'm having a great time, and I appreciate you doing this for me.
0: Thanks for... uh, Look, people... Clamor
2: for you and for, I, for us, to because do we have such together. a spark, right? We have it's, such a spark, uh, electric, it's electric right now. You don't know what's going on in the studio right now, but thank you for the ultimate podcast crossover episode. So, I, I sort of gave you an idea of what we do here on Pivot, but it's just exactly talking about sort of the big story shakedowns. And then we talk about predictions and some uh, you, wins and fails of the week. And I just, you're so uh, opinionated. I think you can agree with me on that one. Sure, but you will have lots of opinions. There's so much in the news now that you can discuss. Um, we're going to focus obviously on political stuff, and but whatever you want to talk about. And so, sort of, let's do first the big story breakdown. So, obviously, the government shutdown for you all. Is that correct? I like And, 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 and stuff like that. And I want to I pivot it towards tech legislation because I think it's never going to happen now because they can't even decide on lunch yeah. uh, in Washington. So, let's talk about that big story. The Democrats taking over the House. Nancy Pelosi was elected Speaker of the House again. Yes. Tell us where we are with this big story.
0: So, let's talk about the shutdown. Okay. Uh, you know, Donald Trump has... Over the past two years, kind of had a pattern with, mm-hmm. with whether it's with DACA and the Dreamers, the Paris Climate Accords, um, the Iran deal, now this mm-hmm. shutdown, um, several other issues. He knows instinctively that his comfort mm-hmm. with cruelty, with damage, gives him leverage. He does know right. that. However, he doesn't ever seem to have the discipline or follow through to say, okay, I will threaten to deport. Children who Mm -hmm. did nothing wrong and were brought here by their parents to get a deal. But then when that deal is put on the table, when Democrats say, you know what, if you'll protect dreamers and come to the table in immigration, we'll We'll give give you you. money for border security. He walks away. Mm -hmm. It's never good enough. Uh, You know, he talks about renegotiating deals. NAFTA, right? He he threatens to pull out of NAFTA. They make some cosmetic changes to NAFTA. Mm -hmm. Now with this shutdown. He sits down in the Oval Office with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and says, I'm going to shut the government down over border security.
1: Over the I, wall.
0: Over the wall. Or steel over, slats. Over, or the, the... over steel slats. I'm the one that's going to do it. You want open borders. I want the wall. Call me Mr. Shutdown. I'm King Shutdown. Shutdown man. Mm-hmm. Government shuts down. Well, what's the plan? Because— you know, the Senate passed on a bipartisan basis by a voice vote, which basically mm-hmm. means 100 percent of the senators got behind a bipartisan deal that included much less funding for border security. Mm-hmm. He then makes this threat that Paul Ryan in one of his last acts, perfect last act for mm-hmm. him, goes just, along yeah, with it, right. quizzling Paul Ryan, mm-hmm. goes along with this. Uh, uh, the word is fakakta. <laughs> it's a facacta plan. <laughs> plan. And the government has been shut down. I'm very glad that Paul Ryan left the government as a capitulating supplicant to Donald Trump, mm-hmm. while the government was shut down, while the debt hit record levels, right? Every single thing Paul Ryan claimed to the care stock about. And the took... stock market. took a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Every single thing Paul Ryan uh, claims to have cared about and been a leader on uh, was damaged by Goodbye, his time. Paul. Goodbye. Right. Don't let the door hit you. Right. You know what? Let it hit you. <laughs> on your way to the gym. <laughs> let, let the door hit you on the way out. We got that. Listen, that I... Tons
2: of steel. Let the door hit you.
0: For two years, in my mind, I had just been waiting for the moment where Nancy Pelosi... Takes the gavel from Paul Ryan's fucking hand, and today it happened. So you look, so Donald did he give Trump. give it to her? No, because he's not in Congress anymore. Right, okay. Ke- Kevin McCarthy handed it over, right. which is much less satisfying. Yeah. Let's just be honest about it. Uh, but who was that guy? Look at what Donald Trump did in the intervening time between an old Congress and a new Congress. He shut the government down over border security. He had two years of a unified Congress, couldn't get this kind of thing through. Nancy Pelosi just took the gavel. Did it get easier to get your money? Of course not. Of Mm -hmm. course not. Especially because we know that the Senate already passed a bipartisan bill that Mm -hmm. the House can now pass a version of. So he basically does what he does, what Donald Trump does, which which is he shoots the hostage. Mm -hmm. Now the hostage is lying on the ground bleeding. He doesn't have a plan uh, for how to get his ransom. So Mm -hmm. that's where we are right now. I don't think anyone really knows how it's going to shake out. Donald Trump is dug in, but...
2: So what's going to happen? What's, what is from you guys? You guys talk about this a lot on Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It. What, what's going to happen then?
0: I don't know. I don't have a prediction. Uh, what has happened over the past few years is there's a lot of bluster around shutdowns, around mm-hmm. shutdowns going on forever, mm-hmm. and how you'll be blamed and I won't be blamed. But Donald Trump went into this shutdown taking the blame for it. Mm-hmm. And in the end... Uh, They grow, you know. In the end, they choose to give in in some way. Donald Trump. It's it's a it's a hard thing to know how this actually shakes out. What kind of fig leaf Donald Trump will claim in order to reopen the government? I don't really know, Um, but it certainly doesn't end with Nancy Pelosi's one of her first acts as a new Democratic speaker giving Donald Trump his five billion dollars. Unless there's some new big deal on immigration, which again feels very unlikely because again that deal was killed by Donald Trump before. So
2: they can't do anything. So one of the things that we've been talking about a lot this year on Pivot is the idea of tech legislation, privacy yeah. legislation, any legislation, Put you know, uh, making these giant platforms more accountable. That seems impossible at this point, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, they can't seem to agree on basic right. functioning of the government. Mm-hmm. There's not a bipartisan basis for that legislation right mm-hmm. now. Republicans control the Senate. There are some, even Democratic senators, are being honest, not very many of them have taken up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's something kind that of like, Warner, like, Warner, of course, has right. been a leader about this and has said interesting things about it. But even he has been, you know, he has taken his time in reaching the point of saying that these mm-hmm. companies need more regulation. Mm-hmm. I think people like Brian Schatz, who are really smart messengers and really smart about thinking through what the next mm-hmm. Democratic position is. Should mm-hmm. be have been taught has been talking about this more, but ultimately the place that I'm interested in this debate taking place is the 2020 field and right. how this plays out amongst Democrats because right. not only is a lot of this dependent on electing a Democratic president, especially when we don't have control of the Senate, uh, that is also I think where a lot of the most important policy debates move forward is in mm-hmm. Democratic primaries. That's what mm-hmm. we saw on health care. I think this time that's what we'll see on tech on monopoly, like on that, that I think. Do is you think the, that's
2: going to be a big issue or has is tech kind of lo- gotten out of, gotten away from paying the price for this? Because I had talked to Nancy Pelosi and she had talked about this internet bill of rights and, you know, they're much, Democrats now are much tougher on tech, right? They've shifted. They were the best friends of tech and then they moved away from it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think this is one of those places where you see the cost of Democratic leadership, congressional leadership, generally being older. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as fluent in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also I also think it's taking time for this idea to kind of move through the system. I, I think if you were to ask a bunch of Democrats off the record, like, do you think these companies should be regulated? They'd mm-hmm. all say yes. How many of them want to make it happen? Happen? How many of them want to really devote their resources and attention to it? Mm-hmm. It's not been... When there's so many other things. When there's so many other things. I mean, you look at what animates Democratic voters. You look at what animates... Um, Democratic politicians, mm-hmm. it's, it's healthcare. It's increasingly climate. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wages and economic issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, um, issues around uh, reproductive freedom and criminal justice reform and inequality. Mm-hmm. But regulating Mark Zuckerberg right now, it does feel like a lot of the, 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 the pattern.
2: Regulating Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> sounds
0: like Terrible. Sounds like the name of your book. Yes. The, uh, the, uh, the, the there's a lot of press releases and mm-hmm. hand-wringing but there, you don't really hear a big coherent right. co- case for no. here's what the I future of regulation it's happen on in, these issues in the states like right. Gavin
2: Newsom and others yeah. like California and places like even yeah. even if it does happen because there's so many other issues.
0: Yeah, I also think it's tied into a larger much harder conversation around corporate power generally mm-hmm. and corporate power inside of the Democratic Party mm-hmm. and I think that's partly why I've looked to the 2020 field as a place to have this debate is I think The need to rein in Facebook, the need to, uh, rein in the monopolistic power that a lot mm-hmm. of these companies have is going to be part of a larger conversation about the influence of money in politics, right. about the co- co- uh, concentration of wealth, about corporate consolidation. And, you know, Elizabeth Warren, made is part that's part of her yeah, plan. Yeah, she
2: just, I was going to ask about that, enters the presidential race.
0: Yeah, she enters the presidential race. She's, you know, Nancy Pelosi, even in her speech today, uh, be taking the speakership, talked about uh, the concentration of wealth. And so I think that's going to be, I hope.
2: And guess where the wealth is, yeah. yeah right.
0: and, I, and I hope one of the big, I think corporate power and corporate concentration, as it applies to tech companies, as it applies to Amazon, as it applies to banks, as it applies to telecom, as it applies to all these different industries, is to me the sleeper issue. It's not that it's not being talked about, mm-hmm. but it is to me the place where dem- Democrats can really say this is now not a part of our program, but a centerpiece of how we talk about it Will they issues.
2: turn on tech? I mean, they seem to be. Cory Booker does. You know, some, some of them really are starting to beyond – yeah,
0: I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily about turning on tech. I mm-hmm. think it's about saying, well, hold on a second. You know, you guys have been, uh, you guys have been, so, the, the tech companies have been so unwilling to even define what they are, mm-hmm. to avoid the conversation about where they fit and their power. They've been, they're reluctant to talk about it while at the same time exploiting it, building businesses off of, building great wealth off of it. So. I don't think it's about turning on tech. I think what you will see is what you always see around these issues. I think you will see some Democrats still adhere to a kind of 90s way of talking mm-hmm. about these issues that mm-hmm. everybody can win. Absolutely. Then I think you will see uh, some further to the left be more more uh, strident or at least more um, – Zero sum. In right. Let's get rid of these powers. But you know we have to attack these. These should be broken, broken up. These should be heavily regulated. They're greedy. They're mm-hmm. co- corrupting our democracy. All of which I think has a lot of truth to it. And then I think you will see what happens with democratic politicians is you will see a more moderate center left position that becomes the kind of cohesive, cohesive, cohesive position right. that says it's not about you know you will see like. Amazon has done a lot of good for people, right? Mm-hmm. They'll say that. They'll say this right. is what their message will right. be like. like I consumer
2: harm yeah. problem is right. the issue, right? Right, the
0: harm and saying like, can we have a system in which these companies are able to innovate and thrive mm-hmm. and lead the world, right? As a, uh, one of America's most important and powerful sectors, mm-hmm. while preventing some of the consequences of their worst behavior, and I think right. that is a very reasonable question. And I think that, to me, is where the debate will ultimately be. They also land. will
2: have enormous power, like Netflix taking down the episode about Saudi Arabia, about journalist uh, Jamal Khashog- Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these
0: are some of the hardest... They just these, did that. They like. just did it. But these are some of the hardest questions we mm-hmm. face as a culture, right? right. The, you know, tech, It's it, even dividing it into a tech conversation, right? You know, Netflix is going to take a lot of heat for this, but companies like Warner Brothers are deciding whether or not to include scenes in films based on what a Chinese censor would say. Right. Well, OK, so now Chinese censors are dictating what what appears in America. Right. You know, I, there. this is a very specific example. What is that? There is a uh, uh, um, Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. made a movie about Tibet. Mm-hmm. You can't get it. Right. Because and that's an old problem right we've been dealing with right. censorship around multimedia about, about about multinational companies and the content they create for a very long time this is just a new manifestation of it mm-hmm. and it's more important now in part because these companies are so much bigger so much so much um uh, have have so much more control pervasive. over it. they're pervasive, pervasive. Right. uh so it becomes a big conversation but it's a conversation we've had for a very long time right but Kundun. they are you
2: know couldn't do that's, that's right yeah but, but you know i as i've written it's it's they've weaponized and amplified it in a way that is way beyond yes. anything else
0: well they they um you know i think i think the it's very hard you know you've i've watched you talk to mark zuckerberg and try desperately to get him to lower <laughs> lower the fucking shield <laughs> That uh, he's well, built. Well, data is
2: hard to reprogram data. It's but just, go
0: ahead. I mean, just three inches of just solid concrete <laughs> between him <laughs> and you. But 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 as you chip, 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 I think the thing that is true is they did not think enough about downside risk. Right. They did Never. Not th- ever Never. No. no they, connecting people is good. Therefore, connecting people is good. And well, guess what? People are people. Right. And yeah. some of them are fucking terrible. Yeah.
2: I couldn't get him to answer on no. the damages. You
0: couldn't even get him to talk about how, how he feels about it.
2: No, I couldn't. Six times. Look. I just try that. to get him to fire Here's the himself.
0: There are fundamental. There, there. You know, Upton Sinclair. You can't convince somebody of something. Their livelihood depends mm-hmm. on not believing. If there was,
2: <laughs> I was so high-minded, John. Upton Sinclair? Sinclair. Sinclair. Go ahead. It's one of my favorite
0: lines because (laughs) there are many conclusions that Facebook can reach. Mm -hmm. The one conclusion it can't reach is that it's doing more harm than good. Right. It's not possible. Right. Right? Every tech company should have a red button somewhere in the headquarters where if they realize that they've caused more societal harm than they expected and done more harm than good, they press the button and the company dissolves instantly. That's it. Just a big red button in the I center of the like headquarters. That. You need two keys to unlock it, maybe a code, maybe two-factor, 2, th- two factor, You know, maybe one of those UB keys, right, just to unlock the fucking thing. But then push comes to shove. You know what, guys? It's, it's mostly Nazis now. Push yeah. the button.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's mostly Nazis.
0: We looked. We did. We rapped, We crunched the numbers, and it's it's, uh, it's robots and Nazis it's press Nazis the button. That um, is a societal we're good. To that. we're that's getting, that's that a, good. Is a
2: good. That is a good. You know, it's wh- one of the things I said is we have to like. I've said this recently a lot is um, we have to. They should imagine every product they make as an episode of Black Mirror. What's sure. the word? Except not not San Junipero, that one, because that's a nice mm. one. But all the bad ones, and then they, then they shouldn't make it if they can think of a really good episode,
1: right? Because right.
0: It, you know our so, so far our <laughs> track record is Black Mirror is just the news from four years from now. Well,
2: exactly. All right, John, red button. I love this idea. We're here with John Lovett. We're at the <laughs> the, the headquarters of Crooked Media. And we're loosening up. And we're loosening up. We're having. We're trying to drink and stuff like that. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. We're going to go into wins and fails of the week um, when we get back with John Lovett. In the next advertiser segment brought to you by QuickBooks, we'll hear from a business owner who turned his side hustle into a full-time career. 78% of small businesses in the U.S. have a workforce of one,
1: but it's not easy turning your skills, your passion, yourself into a business. Here's the story of one guy, Nat, who never backed down and turned his side hustle into his full-time gig. Nat's story is brought to you by QuickBooks. My name is Nat. I teach yoga and I share music for a living. The job I had right before making this leap into teaching was working for a large tech company. I was leading a retreat over in Hawaii, and I think it just clicked. I can do this for a living. There were fears about where I'm at with that career. You know, if I step out now, will I be able to get back in? You know, those moments of fear, I had to just be honest with them and say, I trust this. I mean, it's a total trip to turn yourself into a business and you have to be confident enough to say, here's who I am and here's what I offer. I don't want to get into the mindset of, oh, my God, my money, my money. So I use smarter business tools to really kind of check my cash flow and also for tax preparation. That gives me the comfort I need. It's a reminder for me every single time I teach that this life is so short and you got to go out there and just. Do it. You got to live it up. QuickBooks knows you never back down. That's why they're in your corner with smarter business tools. QuickBooks backing you. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. This has
2: been advertiser content. Thanks to the sponsor of our show, QuickBooks, for Nat's story. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com. Now back to the show. How did I read those, John? How did you did that, great. Did I do great? Was there anything Does I should it, emphasize more? QuickBooks.
0: I I think you could have been a. I think you could have brought a little more heart to it. Let's <laughs> just be honest. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think you're gonna. You oh,
2: know. QuickBooks.
0: I mean, look. I don't know if you saw Roma. I don't yeah. think you're gonna. I be, saw Roma. So I think she did a better job in her performance than you did oh, in you. yours. Thank you. Thank but you. Thank was, you. But she was. She was transcendent. She's transcendent. <laughs> you were fine. Thanks.
2: <laughs> I'm not after Roma standards. are not. Oh man, man, that was a good movie, wasn't it? Why didn't they pick up the dog poop? I just why didn't they pick, up, didn't the they pick up the dog poop? I mean, seriously, I was like, just pick it up.
0: It's So funny that that's your takeaway from it that. Was, film. I literally got it obsessed
2: with it. It was crazy. It was just making it me up. crazy. Well, and then they drove over it. I'm like, what are you doing? Stepped in it, drove stepped over in I it. Think it's a metaphor. I, mean, I know exactly. Anyway, in any case, <laughs> let's <laughs> move on. So we have a, we have a, a segment that we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, some some wins and fails of the week, and and one of them to me was the women in India forming the 385 mile human chain for gender equality, uh, and then there. Was a fail that I thought men accused of sexual harassment uh, trying to make comebacks like Louis C.K. and Kevin Spacey making some creepy attempts to get behind the microphone. Um, uh, what do you think? So give me some of your wins and fails. Of this so I would
0: say, I, look, I think a, I think Nancy Pelosi becoming Speaker of the House is one of the most important wins mm-hmm. that we will have. Oh,
2: of course, Nancy Pelosi. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, Explain. I,
0: not not just because. So look, before this election, I am a partisan. But I believe that Democrats winning the House was one of the most important uh, one of the most important steps we could take as a country to protect ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And the cost of losing, I think, would have been cataclysmic. So mm-hmm. we avoided a truly horrific outcome in which people felt really dispirited. and we would have learned something quite horrific, which is uh, there wasn't a price for mm-hmm. Donald Trump's terrible behavior or Paul Ryan's capitulation to him. So that in and of itself was valuable. but, you know, Nancy Pelosi. I think the same thing about Elizabeth Warren. Nancy Pelosi, if she were a man, mm-hmm. she would be considered one of the great leaders mm-hmm. in modern political history. This is correct. And and I think like she how you're wi-
2: knitting this together. And and, knitting
0: yeah, and I think she would be, and I think she will be, mm-hmm. and I think increasingly she is, in part because people are pointing this out, mm-hmm. that saying that you know Paul Ryan was a young gun. Intellectual leader, cover of magazines, mm-hmm. even though it was mostly a fraud. Nancy Pelosi, meanwhile, grinding away for decades, mm-hmm. retakes the speakership. And then, uh, and by the way, one of the most successful speakers. I mean, those first two years of the Obama mm-hmm. administration are one of the most productive legislative periods in modern history, right? Rivaling, not rival, uh, 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 on, you know, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the pantheon of periods of time of progress that mm-hmm. with FDR mm-hmm. and Lyndon Johnson of a lot of things getting done in a period of great crisis. Now she retakes that gavel a time of incredible importance in which we need Democrats to stick together. We need a strong leader and we have that. And I think that's right. really, really important. Um, I would say one of the big fails of this week has been this conversation on likability around, around mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren. Right. Uh, and, you know, you have e- seen
2: echoing the old Hillary Clinton one.
0: Right. And, and, and as people have pointed out, a lot of people who are currently saying uh, Elizabeth Warren, is unlikable, said that she was the likable alternative to Hillary Clinton. Isn't it amazing how unlikable a woman becomes right. when right. she decides to go for the, the right. big prize? Right. But, but in the same way that Nancy Pelosi isn't giving the credit she's due, to me, it's, it's easy to have a conversation about how the term likability is sexist, and it is. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that's wrong, but mm-hmm. what's harder to talk about is what's missing. Right. And Elizabeth Warren, you know, I watched her announcement video, and it is excellent. It is also what she has been talking about for Ever. her entire career. Mm-hmm. You know, before she was in the, uh, um, in the Senate, she was a professor. She is the one who came up with this idea for a Consumer Financial Protection Bureau mm-hmm. uh, that originally she was going to lead but couldn't get right. confirmed right. for it. Mm-hmm. But she has been the—she, I think, more than anyone else, you could point to and say, this is the intellectual leader of democratic politics. And she doesn't get called that. If she were a man, she would right now be the natural frontrunner, the unalloyed frontrunner in democratic politics. She has been the intellectual leader. She is a charismatic politician. She's incredibly smart in how she talks about issues. She has been consistent. She's been ahead of the curve in terms of talking about things like corporate power, talking about uh, uh, what's been happening to the middle class. So
2: It's interesting. She's sort of like that character on Homeland who was the president who became, you know what I mean? She has, sort she rubs people the wrong way. It's I don't watch soap operas. Okay, it's enjoyable. I like Claire Danes and she can do anything she wants. Um, in any case, what do you watch? I'm I all kinds this. of things. What, like, what's your favorite show right yeah?
0: Listen, I enjoyed Homecoming. I'm watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
2: Ah, yes, that's marvelous, isn't it? It's,
0: it's a delight. It's
2: delightful. It's a delight. It's a delight. All right, I'm going to get back to Elizabeth Warren. We had her at the Code Conference several years ago, and I have never gotten such negative feedback from men in my life. I have to tell you, she was. Th- it was fascinating. It was as if she went on stage and, like, threw shit at them. Like, it was amazing. It was sort of, like, way outsized her appearance and it was really interesting to me it, what do you think that is i have no idea but it was remarkable it was remar- i thought she was quite good and, and very articulate about stuff i don't know was there her shoes i don't know what bothered them like it was something got under them and worked their last nerve with her and it was really it was sort of like whoa that was fascinating yeah i think she was a lady i think she was a lady. I don't, yeah. she's also she's got she's got a she's got opinions she's got a lady with opinions i think that's really what it was and strong unabashedly. opinions, unabashedly. And she tissed t- 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 them, for sure, like about wealth and power, the same things your corporate wealth and power. And rich people don't like being told they're awful, who think they're great.
0: Right, and they certainly don't. <laughs> coming from someone who's not going to preface it by saying how sorry they are to have the opinion.
2: Right, exactly. You know, it was interesting. I, w- I was really like, it was a, r- a real moment for me at, that, at the event.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, this is... I think a lot of defenders of Hillary Clinton's candidacy mm-hmm. make this similar argument, mm-hmm. which is every time you say that she was uniquely ill-suited, you fail to account for the ways in which a sexist system has spent a very long time making her ill-suited in the way that you're describing. Right. And I think that there is a lot of truth to that. You also see on the flip side, we just elected uh, eighty-nine women mm-hmm. uh to serve in the Congress right. as Democrats. I
2: thought we only elected Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, <laughs> she gets I, a lot of attention. It was
0: it was her and no, 88 I know. others. I know, I know I you like know her. I know you know. Man, the the other I like her squad Speaking like of attacks are they are going through her yearbook and and putting these things out there as if they're a criticism. Like she danced in college. She went by she went by a nickname. And also they're saying, oh she didn't go to school in the Bronx. She talks about how she took a long trip to go to a right. better school and how she right. learned from her home right. in the Bronx to this nicer neighborhood, the differences right. of wealth. She's talked about it. Right. The, the sexist attacks on, on AOC are incredible. You know
2: it's astonishing? She's really good at whacking them back. She is. She is. I literally have never seen someone as good at Twitter except for Trump, who I think is very good at Twitter. Whether you like him or not, I he's agree. good at it. The, got, She's fantastic. Her chopping onions and talking about wealth was, like, riveting.
0: It's also one thing, you know, to your point, like, you know, uh, I didn't realize other women were elected, <laughs> Right. right. She is someone who has been has for because of her own charisma, because of conservative attacks, Mm -hmm. uh, because of how she kind of surprised people by winning in this Mm -hmm. primary against a prominent Democrat, has been given a a pretty outsized platform and she's going to use it. Right. And she's using it really well.
2: Yeah. And to champion
0: things she cares about, she's doing it's such a funny thing. It's like, oh, why is AOC getting all this attention? that's not the question she has it and how is she using it she's spending it really fucking well right yeah you know she's holding people accountable on the green new deal she's uh advocating for things she cares about she's pushing back on right-wing attacks on her in a really sort of charming and classy way and 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 an effective way so you know she didn't decide to become someone who receives all this attention a culture around her for reasons good and bad decided Mm -hmm. that but good she's yeah. using it
2: yeah she does use it really well it's she's really fascinating it's interesting to we'll see how Nancy Pelosi uses the medium she's not real good on twitter and stuff like that she's just not although she did push back on the coat thing which was a meme online her whole weird coat obsession which i'm like it's a coat like she did actually talk about it but it was interesting how that became something
0: uh yeah well i think i you know i'm glad she had that moment with trump yeah. because
2: oh no the moment was great fantastic. the coat was ridiculous the obsession of her coat she wore outside that became the discuss- the, the, the talking point. She looked good in the coat. She looked good in the coat, John. But really, it's a coat. I'm not. I'm not sitting here talking. You're Schumer's the one bringing code. up the coat. I'm you can't saying, stop talking about saying, it. Why are you obsessed because, with Nancy Pelosi's because, coat? Because they were discussing the coat versus what she did in there more than she, what Schumer did in there, and she did the same thing. That's my. She that did better was, than Schumer. That's right. She was quite good, and the coat became the meme, the online meme at all. Okay. Do you, so d- getting to that, and then I want to go to predictions. Do you? Do you? How do you look at? social media and its impact in the next going forward? Because obviously negative for the last one and how they, the Russian thing was so a real we, bummer.
0: We, we run, we crunched the numbers. <laughs> right. Bad. Bad.
2: <laughs> Bad.
0: I, I don't know. Uh, it's a really hard question. I don't really – we're out of the prediction business. But, you know, as individuals oh, – as individuals, we have to choose how we use these platforms. And I think that there's two direct— There's the, there's offense and defense. Of, on offense, I think we each choose the kind of person we are online. And I think there's a lot of very good people who have chose to be very ugly versions of themselves online. And I like to think that the more time we spend— the more we adapt, the more we learn. The better people will do. I think that's a wishful thinking, but I do think as individuals, I think mean, there's a lot of people out there that would look back on their tweets and posts and conduct online since they started using Twitter and say, "Let's say they took, let's say they took all of my tweets mm-hmm. and made an artificial intelligent, right. an artificially intelligent version of me. Right? Mm-hmm. Would I like that person? Right? Would I like the do version you? of me? Uh, I like you. I, I, listen, I think I'm the rare exception. I'm a Twitter delight, but. I think for the most part, we would say we are more strident, meaner, less vulnerable, mm-hmm. less honest. We're more narcissistic. We're more like mm-hmm. Trump. It's why Trump's good at uh, Twitter. Right. We, are, we are ostensibly tough, but also quite weak mm-hmm. when we, we're on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we are. We're extremely vulnerable to mm-hmm. injury while projecting a kind of imperviousness. Um, so I think that's the, that's the offense. And then there's defense, which is how we each use it. And I, I take myself off now. I took myself off Twitter for this break. I occasionally went back on to search, mm-hmm. for, to search for my, uh, my name, mm-hmm. you know, just to do, look at my mentions because I'm, you know, I'm human and there's still blood in my veins. But, but I, these are tools, and I, and I don't think that they were developed maliciously. I think that there were truly good intentions behind Twitter. I think there are truly good intentions behind Facebook. However, these things have adapted to... Basically, be to like pornify our minds, right? Pornify Re- to reduce ideas mm-hmm. to to in the same way that you know McDonald's is the porn of food, Twitter mm-hmm. is the porn of information. It is oh. bite size. It is gives you that little that little makes bit of feedback, makes bad, you feel dirty. It's 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 that it 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 feeds your immediate needs mm-hmm. while over time making you feel less, a and very
2: less, valuable,
0: less and less wise, value less and less whole.
2: What, what about the impact on politics? How do you think politicians are looking at it for the next cycles? It was I think, sort of wobbly during the midterms, but it yes. didn't break anything.
0: So I think there's again the offensive-defensive. On offense, I would like to see more politicians just hold the phone themselves, use it the way Beto O'Rourke does, use it the way—actually Elizabeth Warren sometimes does, where mm-hmm. you just kind of feel like you're hearing from—use it the way AOC does, mm-hmm. use it the way Adam Schiff uh, uh, Chris Murphy and others do where you just feel like you're hearing from yeah. them. Honestly, Chuck Grassley at mm-hmm. times just he's uses good. it. He's good.
2: He's good. Chuck Grassley's It's
0: It's not a medium for your Conway's press good. releases. Yeah, George Conway's fantastic, fantastic on Twitter.
2: Fantastic. I have a man crush on him on Twitter. I think I think that that's a mistake. I uh, know it is, but I can't help myself. He's very clever. Okay. All right. All right. We'll okay. talk about that after. Okay. We'll work all through right. that. All right. Okay.
0: All right.
2: Why is it a problem? You tell me right now. Because he's the font of all evil on the planet. And-
0: I <laughs> think that uh, having vaguely okay opinions while being married to kellyanne conway is not a badge of honor right Uh, okay
2: fair point
1: so
0: in terms of how they use it defensively, I think that there's this big question. And the question is, how much does the Twitter conversation reflect the world? Mm-hmm. And we just don't know.
2: Right. That, is, don't a really know. that is a really good point. It certainly
0: is not analogous. Feels like it. And,
2: and especially because all the reporters are on it and well, all the media is on it. So
0: and- it definitely reflects, Twitter definitely reflects the conversation reporters have. Right. It definitely reflects the conversations politicians. politicians and Democratic activists and the most devoted hardcore Observers of politics have right-wing and left-wing center all of it. That is a real conversation Mm -hmm. that except, you know Obviously not as honest not as open not as vulnerable not as fair not as nice fine That's which is by the way just saying that that sucks, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an uglier version of a real conversation now How does it reflect what real people think? What their experience of politics are people out in the world who aren't devoted to politics 24 7? We just don't know. We don't know how angry most people who watch uh, CNN are about <laughs> various panels and how they <laughs> behave. We don't know right. what that is what
2: a, people who... F- I can tell you my kids don't care. I, I, and I he's th- going to be voting in the next election, <sighs> too. Well, you know, it's
0: so funny, too, because this is like a moment of so much passion and activism and anger for good and for ill online. But to me, sometimes I think when we look back, if things get worse, if we look back at this moment, what we will actually realize was a um, an omen was actually how little people care. Mm-hmm. You know, the government shut down. There are 800,000 furloughed people, mm-hmm. uh, some of whom are not—most of whom are not getting paid by the government. And, yeah, there's online outrage, but we've kind of gotten to the point where we just sort of whistle past yep, the I graveyard. Agree. I agree. So, you know, it's this it's this crazy thing where, on the one hand, there's a frenetic, endless, angry, elevated—you uh, 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 know what it is? It's like on Twitter, it's the movie Gravity, but in real life, it's Roma, um, you know? <laughs> Same director, same director, different experience. Yeah, bad movie, the first one. Okay.
2: Okay, wait. What like are you that?
0: talking oh, you about? Came
2: down from space by like a happenstance. Come on.
0: That's your summary of yes. That's your summary of Gravity. <laughs> okay. Came down from space by happenstance. What is your summary? The human spirit oh my God. using ingenuity and zeal so to like triumph Box, over an emergency. Right? I'm a human. I, no, I do not like Bird Box. Okay. Bird Box is the greatest scam Netflix has ever built. Million 45 people million watched. people 45 million people. You know, here's a great example of why <laughs> these companies are a bit too powerful. They got, they're in every house, all right? And they went into everybody's algorithm and they said, I don't care what you like. I don't care if you like baking. I don't care if you like uh, Bosch. We're not Bosch. What's that show? Kosh? Kosh. Uh, I don't know. Bosh. I don't care if you like old episodes of The Big Bang Theory or West Frasier. Wayne, you are going to fucking watch Bird Box. You <laughs> sit there and you watch Bird Box. Hey, hey, did you open Netflix? Guess what? Bird Box. <laughs> and so then they brag about the fact that 45 million people, they basically went into every American <laughs> and home turned and started turning it on. <laughs> wow. You know what? I have I bet, I bet like... Yeah. Oh, the uh, like other companies. Like, why didn't we think of that? Why didn't HBO think to go into everybody's house and just turn on? Yeah. Why didn't go into everybody's house and just turn on Game of Thrones? Well, yeah. A lot of people will fucking watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? (laughs) Yeah. Of course I watched it. Netflix made me watch it. (laughs) I never heard of Bird Box. I'm sitting. You
2: live in Los Angeles. There's like a there's like a poster of Bird Box everywhere. Which is the equivalent
0: of them turning it on in my car. (laughs) But so I'm I'm sitting at home, minding my own business, living my life. It's the holiday break. I open. Open up, Netflix, and then Bird Box pops up, and I think Sandra oh. Bullock in a, in a movie with a <laughs> blindfold that seems like action, I'm in. I watched Bird Box before I heard of the thing.
2: That's how they <laughs> That's got me. Funny. So was it good? I didn't it's watch It's not good.
0: It. It's a very bad movie.
2: Is it very it's bad? It's a mess. Is it bad good? Good bad? It's, whatever, whatever. It's you're...
0: almost bad good. It is a reminder that part of Netflix's business model is traveling around Hollywood with a vacuum cleaner and just sucking up the things that hit the ground.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's another episode. Thank you for that piece. Have you sold the show to them yet? Because everyone seems to.
0: Have. <laughs> I don't. know. I got to put some space between when this comes out and my next <laughs> my next meeting over there.
2: Over there, <laughs> who are you with? All right, so I'm going to ask for a prediction, John. Uh, uh, what is your or your resolution for the year? I want a prediction. Is it Mitt okay. Romney's running for or lost his mind or what? Like what? What is your prediction? I will make I will make one. That go, that was crazy online, Mitt Romney. Yes, man,
0: (laughs) Mitt Romney. You know, I think that— He tries,
2: right? He's uh, like George—they try, vaguely trying to, like— Mitt
0: Romney—well, there's always always what he says, and there's always why he's saying it, and it's never the same. Okay, explain
2: it to the people, then. Well, I I don't don't know. know.
0: Look, I don't want to be—on the one hand, I am very sick of Republicans, even uh, Republicans with some Mm conscience— speaking out against Trump without using their power effectively to stop him. That's what I think you could say about Ben Sasse. That's what you could say about Jeff Flake. That's what you could say about Bob Corker and many others. Uh, They were never willing to truly use their power as senators. It's almost as if if that I think one of the kind of surreal aspects of our current political environment is there is this sense that people are kind of afraid of power Mm -hmm. as if they don't really deserve it and don't really have it when all you have to do is... It's
2: like Mark Zuckerberg. I talked about that with him. He pushes away power. That it's he like,
0: has. There's this kind of sense that, oh, power is for, for history. It's not mm-hmm. for me. No, you're in it. This is the fight. This is the moment. You have it. You're in the fight. You either use it or you lose it. And they all chose not to use it. The thing what, what Romney did that is distinct is he set down a marker before he took office mm-hmm. in a way he did not have to. And I think that there is value to that. Now I'm very interested to see if he follows through with it. Yeah. And follow, now, well, now, or else
2: he's at dinner at the White House. Right? Sure.
0: And and you know, Mitt Romney's track record is not one in which you find political courage on display. Uh, and keep in mind, he is part of the reason Donald Trump was elevated. He accepted his, his endorsement, mm-hmm. even though he was a birther, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't begrudge him for meeting with him at that uh, creepy Trump International creepy. dinner yeah. because that was I understand that. That I mean, I think especially right then, it's like.
2: Well, OK. A lot take of a, people did. A lot of lot people, of people
0: did. did take a shot. I don't I actually don't begrudge him that. But his behavior before and since has not been that uh, exemplary. He accepted Donald Trump's endorsement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played his cards, I think, very politically. But let's see what he does. Uh, the thing that makes me least <laughs> enthusiastic is he said that a classic line, which is I will support Donald Trump's policies when I agree with them and I will not support them when I don't. Like that's the standard. Well, hold on a second. Well, look. There, there. You know, if I had a friend, and uh, uh, sometimes he brought me dinner and uh, uh, a food I like, and sometimes he uh, used my vacuum cleaner without permission. I don't know, making up a scenario. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, you know what? Thank you for bringing the dinner. It bothers me that you use the vacuum cleaner, but you're still my friend. Mm-hmm. I will support you when you support me, and I will we mm-hmm. will go our different ways. But if I had a friend who you know did nice things for me once in a while, but then also uh, uh, randomly punch people on the street mm-hmm. or you know committed an act of violence or set cars on fire, I wouldn't be this thing of like now obviously I support my friend when he does nice <laughs> things, but I don't support him when he does. No, you hold on, you're yeah. a fucking prick.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this idea that.
0: that like y- y- you know Donald Trump yeah, is yeah, they, doing won't enough- yeah. they won't make choices. They will
2: not making choices is what they won't do. You have to choice. put
0: the things you care about on the line to stop Donald Trump. It's if, if you're gonna go along with him when he supports judges you like or policies you like and not when he doesn't, you're not actually actually you're actually refusing to l- use the leverage you have. That's what Bob Corker refused to re- did. That's what that's what Flake did. You're not using your leverage. And so, you know, Mitt Romney, use your
2: All leverage. right, use He's your leverage. leverage. Let's see what you do. All right, predictions. Prediction. One prediction or your resolution. I will
0: I will say this. I don't know if you would call it a prediction. I'm trying to avoid predictions, but I will say I am looking forward to the Delta between what Bob Mueller knows and what we know, getting smaller. Ah. I think that we have spent a very long time... Wondering. Wondering. wondering, Speculating. We've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of charges. This is a serious investigation that's produced genuine criminal wrongdoing continuously for the past two years. And yet, it always feels like we are... um, trying to fill in the center of the painting right? based on what we're seeing the around the edges. Right. All right,
2: you know, so your prediction is it'll be interesting to see the Mueller, thing. the Mueller thing. And what's your resolution for the year? And then I'll let you go. Thank you so much for talking with me. Uh,
0: I would say my main resolution is, in terms of politics, is, mm-hmm. going, is about using social media better. But as part of that, I would like to... But
2: you're not going to do one of those essays about getting off of it because those are tiresome. No.
0: If you want to get, get off of Twitter, delete the app. If right. you're writing an essay about it, it's because you want people on Twitter to see it. Which means you're still part of the problem. If you write an essay about how you're getting off of Twitter, it is because you want likes and retweets on Twitter, Mm -hmm. which means you have still not cured your disease. But I would say as part of that in in using the social media is I would like to be – I would like my offline conversations and my on-microphone conversations to sound more similar. They are – they are yeah. they are not That's that really different. So
2: you're reconciling. I
0: would like I would like to be more honest about how no I feel. No Jekyll and
2: Hyde. Kinda. No.
0: I, I you know I think it's a I think it's very easy to be in front of a microphone and criticize Republicans and praise Democrats mm-hmm. and then save my my ire that I hold for Democrats till the mics are off right. and just get that out there. And I would like to make sure that I'm being more honest about both my friends and my opponents.
2: So what's your last message to Democrats? That's what I What is your message? What should be their resolution?
0: I would say, as we think about 2020, uh, one test I would have is, would you think about this person? When you're choosing your candidate, I would like people to think, this is not someone who I view as electable or unelectable when you don't know anything about that. And I would not like you to think, this is the right person to take on Trump. Mm -hmm. To me, the right candidate is a candidate you would think would make a great president even if Donald Trump never came along. Imagine choosing a democratic candidate to be president of the United States if you didn't think that they had to stand across from Donald Trump and debate Donald Trump. Don't let Donald Trump in so much into your mind, right? I, there'll be time for that. I'm not saying we're not going to think about that. I'm not going to say it's not important, but don't worry about electability and don't worry about Donald Trump. Just think about what you believe. So who is would that for you right president. now? It sounds like Warren. I think there's a lot of good options. I sincerely, I'm not, I'm not being coy. I honestly don't know. Um, I think that we're going to have a very strong field. I think we're going to have some I have I have concerns around kind of Washington speak. Not that's not about Warren, that's just generally I want to make sure that we're not in a kind of whatever cl- closed off inside DC conversation around policy and politics. I want to know that this that we're talking in a way that reaches outside of that bubble. And I also want I also think one thing about this too is it's on the opposite side of that. It's not just about ignoring Trump as we try to figure out what's best, but also being honest. Yes, Russian hacking. Yes, uh, there are there are unique circumstances. They didn't hack. There are unique circumstances around why we lost in 2016 related to our candidate, related to uh, the failures of the media, the Russians, failures of the media in covering Donald Trump effectively. All of that is true. However, uh, it took genuine cultural and political rot to open the door for someone like Donald Trump. And if we do not have a candidate who recognizes Again, and appreciates and that rot mm-hmm. and is willing to say that things were not right, that our discourse wasn't up to par, that democratic policies weren't up to par, that there was a huge opening that we made for someone like Donald Trump, even if it had to be a black swan, even if a bunch of other things had to go wrong, you need to be willing to have that part of the conversation. You're talking about
2: reflection, self-reflection. Yeah, it's January. That's what, that's what January is all about. Oh, I'm just, wow. I like this new John. I,
0: don't, I think this was always me. I think you don't, that, you know what? Maybe <laughs> you look inward and say, why didn't you see me before? Why is it you learning something you know, new about me is l- a reflection I, on me and I'm, not you? Because
2: I'm deeply in love with you. Let's just be honest oh, with it's the situation. It's fine.
0: Dear diary, it's finally <laughs> happening.
2: <laughs> oh my God, we should start a rumor. It would be so funny. <laughs>
0: Crazier things have happened. Oh, it's in not the happening. Okay, it's not <laughs>
2: happening. It's just, don't even get into that. No, we're not talking about that. I know just what you're referring to. You're not, I
1: don't know what I'm. I referring think to. you
2: know what you're referring to. Anyway, John, I'm stopping you right now. John, thanks for put your headphones back on. Thanks for taking a pivot with me today. Scott will be back next week. John, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Rebecca Sinanis produces this show. Nishat Kirwa is Vox Media's executive producer of audio. Thanks also to Eric Johnson and thanks to Crooked Media. for letting us use their studios here in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. Join us next week where Scott has a special guest host himself because I will be in Hawaii. Anyway, they'll be here for more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.
0: Hey, what? subscribe to my shit oh yes
2: oh yes and subscribe where can we find John go ahead John go ahead God Save
0: America well, love it so or leave big. it what add me? John Lovett I at, don't care <laughs> at I don't Bird care how big box. I am add Bird, Bird Box basically go to go to Netflix search for Bird Box that's where you'll find me <laughs> that
2: was the best thing alright thank you so much John bye When you're a business owner, it can sometimes feel like the odds are stacked against you. But QuickBooks knows you never back down. That's why they're always in your corner, making it easier for you to manage your business so you have time to take care of details that matter most. No matter what your version of success is, QuickBooks can give you the smarter business tools to get you there. QuickBooks backing you. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com.